Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers. It's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. It is Thursday morning. We are almost through the week, almost through the end of baseball season. A lot of tight races out there. So I brought a, I brought a fan in. I almost said the team. I brought a fan in from a team that we've talked about. I bet their stadium is gorgeous. So I got the Duncan dad in the house. Good morning on a Thursday and welcome to the clubhouse. How are you? Hey, good morning, Bill. What's going on? Uh, nice to be up early with you guys talking and uh, catching up. Uh, it's a good day, man. It's a good day. The Phillies are starting to pick their stride back up, so don't want to let the cat out of the bag too early. But uh... it's, it's all right. It's all right. Absolutely. We uh, actually, I did a... Um... I do a morning show every morning, and it was funny. Two mornings ago on Tuesday, um, a Braves fan stepped up and goes, "Hey, if you guys want the first spot, we'll give it to you because they don't want to play. Uh, they don't want to play the Phillies if the Phillies get past the wild card." <laughs> so That's right. you guys are making some waves out there. Absolutely, it's all about peaking at the right time with baseball. You know, we see this across the. Uh, the landscape of sports and a lot of times you might know, liken this a lot to hockey where you have a hot goaltender who comes in and you know baseball especially get the pitching rotation kind of going timely hitting and you know you get help from the bottom half of that lineup uh, you're going to be okay you're definitely going to be okay coming to the playoffs absolutely so how do you become a philly fan oh man i well i think anything philadelphia you're sort of born into it whether you like it or not um <laughs> i had the only option my only out was um, I grew up in the Poconos for a little bit of time after leaving uh, the city. Uh, my dad was working with uh, Motorola. Uh, thank goodness the Phillies were on PHL 17 at the time, Champ 57. If you guys remember the old UHF and VHF where we had to twist the dial and put out the rabbit ears and antennas. But uh, I followed along with them. My grandfather was into the Phillies. Uh, whenever I go back and visit the city, that was sort of like our bonding thing. So from early on, it was sort of like my my little niche. And uh, – my dad did a lot of traveling with work, so I kind of immersed myself into baseball. And I used to listen to the old little records they used to give you and the little uh, cassettes and the old Mel Allen calls, the old Joe Gazzarola calls. And uh, it just sort of fell in love with it. You know, it became a big, like, bibliophile with and all the books, all the stats. Uh, it's a, kind of a piece. Like, I like the thinking. I like the logic. I like the strategy with it. Uh, so it's sort of my baby. For your baby. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I Like I said, every one of my podcasts, I love that question because it becomes a family question. It, it reminds you of why baseball is great, right? Absolutely. It is truly America's fastest. Absolutely. So this is going to be a fun question. Favorite current player and favorite player of all time? Again, don't have to be Phillies, but they can. You've got a long list of them. Right. Have a long list. Have a long list of guys. Uh, one of the guys I admire right now, uh, I like JT Romilto uh, on the team. He's just uh, BCIB. He's an all-around athlete. Uh, he kind of, you know, he did the wrestling, come from an athletic family. Uh, he's a family guy. He just shows up to work every day, kind of grinds it, puts in. Uh, he's been in a little slump, got out of, hopefully, with the home run the other night. But uh, for my money... I just I think the way that he manages the bullpen, I feel the way that he manages his demeanor. Um, still, uh, my my favorite current guy right now, uh, all time favorite man. Uh, probably going to be unpopular with some people, <laughs> but uh, I liked uh, Barry Bonds for the longest time. I think he was the best player that I've seen outside of Griffey Jr. Like physical wise and uh, baseball skill wise. Um, but fun fact for me. 
I was hitting right hand kid and I turned around and started batting left hand. I went about left handed. So I started modeling myself after a Keith Hernandez with the arms out and bring it back in and take the swing when he was still playing with St. Louis. Then he came over to the Mets. And since we had a lot of WGN games up in the Poconos because of the New York Mets broadcast, I was, you know, all about Keith Hernandez and, you know, following him. I liked his defense, like the way he hit, I liked his uh, sort of cocky sort of swag, but you knew he was good. He had the MVP, had the St. Louis thing. So, uh, he's probably, you know, in my personal, you know, dirty kind of, you know, top player of all time that I like. Keith is one of those guys you either love him or you hate him. Yeah, pretty and, much. But I, you know, growing up as a kid of the 80s, Keith Hernandez was one of those guys that she liked. As a first baseman, yeah. he had a number of first basemen that were good. When Wally Joyner broke on the scene, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Keith Hernandez, he had a lot of the guys. And then you up into the 90s got john crook right just kind of crazy good athletes so yeah i like that i like that frank (laughs) yep uh so talk to me about ballparks i mean obviously been to city bank or i'm uh citizens bank city bank i mixed that up citizens bank obviously been to citizens (laughs) bank where yeah (laughs) it's early Um, it's early and i get the coffee going i'm like come on yeah, me more. Let's go. What's going on? What's going on? So obviously you've been there. Where yes. else have you been? What major league ballparks have you been? I assume the vet. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That the, the vet was uh, fishbowl initiation, seven hundred level. Every time I show up at Citizens Bank and any other uh, stadium that sort of has like the little arc going on with the seats, I'm always like, it's nothing like the vet. You know, like mm-hmm. one one false step, you were going right over the edge down onto the field, you know, horrible night. Uh, Veteran Stadium, obviously, uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore. I uh, was there, I think, a year, maybe like a year or so after it opened. So having that nostalgia ballpark kind of feel, I was like, oh, man, this this factory out there, the little being able to walk to get some food, you know, in, coming to Citizens Bank then, you see where parts of that were mirrored. Uh, Tropicana was down in Tampa, St. Pete. I've uh, seen games there. Uh, both places in Chicago, Kaminsky and Wrigley when I was there for school. Uh, I haven't been up to Boston. That's sort of on my my bucket list. But uh, pretty much everything in this mid-Atlantic region, I have been to one time or not. Okay. Okay. So take it a step further. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the month. I don't, I don't care. Pick a month. Uh, May off. Okay. And... Yep. Unlimited resources, got the time off. Um, you're going to go um, and visit five ballparks you haven't been to. Which five are you going to? Um, Fenway, definitely. Of course. Uh, of course, uh, since I was there for a Super Bowl in February, I'd love to go see a game in Arizona. I just I, I kind of felt like it's got, it feels like it's fun. Right? It feels like it's fun out there. Um, like that would be a good ballpark to go visit. Um, where else I really, really like to go? I think it's, it's more about like the, the experience, probably Bush stadium to see a Cardinals game. Uh, just the history of everybody in Bush stadium, the fans, uh, St. Louis, a lot of respect for the St. Louis fans. They, 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 they're like the good guy fans, the good girl fans. Um, and then I guess for my final one, I mean, I know I've been there before, but I'd probably go back to Wrigley. There's just something about Wrigley field. I just, it's. I don't know. I, for my money, I love Citizens Bank Park. I'm sure I'll like Wrigley. I'm sure, excuse me, I'm sure I'll like Fenway, but 
know, the times I've been able to go to games in Wrigley Field, uh, surreal. It's just magical. I mean, like I know people go for the experience, but as a baseball fan, it's for my money. That's still going to be my top place to go. I love it. I love it. Um, add one into that mix. I just mm -hmm. got back last weekend from um, Kaufman in oh, Kansas nice. City. All right. Um, definitely, you can tell it was definitely a 60s, 70s constructed ballpark. Um, it kind of has wings, you know, on the side, kind of goes up. It's it's unique. Okay. Um, it reminds me a lot right. of the Denver Broncos Stadium in Kansas uh, in uh, Denver. Um, phenomenal, though. Phenomenal. It, it, you don't really feel the justice of it until you're in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you don't see it on TV, the waterfall and stuff like that on TV. Okay, fine, whatever. We've seen it. But when you get in the stadium, it, it feels very nice. Um, and for being as old as it is, you got to stick that one on your list. All right. Sounds good. They still got the waterfalls out there, right? We're both hitting yeah. up over the, the three. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They got a, a statue of George Brett out there and it always gets wet because that's where it's right by the water. <laughs> nice. Awesome. But it's a, it's a gorgeous stadium and folks are nice and great food out there. Obviously Kansas city barbecue is no joke. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it, the age old, you know, to compare it on your neck of the woods, right. You've right. got, uh, You've got the Philly cheesesteak from Philly. You got the Philly cheesesteak from Jersey. Well, you got the Texas barbecue versus the Kansas City barbecue. And online, I'm not going to tell you which one I like better because uh, I don't want to offend people. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's all good. It's all good barbecue out there. It's wonderful. It's good. Yeah, it's definitely a good uh, ballpark, and you won't be disappointed, right? And it's it's good for the experience. Now, if you go out to Arizona. Um, if you do it in May, you, you might be okay. You do it in June or July. It is hotter than Hades out there in August. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's just dry desert. You're just dry used desert. to being hot out there. No. And so, I mean, fortunately it's covered. It's got a roof. So you're good. Put the air conditioner on. We'll be okay. Right. <laughs> as long as Yo. the air conditioner doesn't break down, you're good. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Minute Maid and Globe Life, both in Texas, Arlington right. and in Houston. Great ballpark. Mm -hmm. Check those out. Awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So here's my final question, but it's an interesting question. It's going to have a little twist to it. So 2023 season is coming to an end. Um, as of this morning, most teams have anywhere between eight games left um, and 11 games, depending on their schedules. Um, right. Some teams, I think I looked it up, I think Cincinnati has – three days off between now and October 1st, which is really strange. Ridiculous, right. But yeah, I think they're off today, uh, Thursday, and I think they're off next Monday and Thursday or something. I, I don't remember exactly, but I, I know that they've got a bunch of time off. So depending on the team, eight to 11 games left. Um, what's your take on this season for the fight and fills? And then add to that question, um, do you feel like they can make a – another serious playoff run get to the series and is this team built to to take on the ring oh good question um <clears throat> last year if i can preface it it was you know the whole rob comes in and i think you sort of baseball uh i always say this about baseball it is the most important sport when it comes to uh, a feel 
and a vibe and a mood. Um, I, I feel like when, when you get ball players to be cohesive and they're on the same page, more so than anything, you can do great things with really less talent, right? Um, it's a like really if someone's having a good day, not supposed to have a good day, you just you roll you roll the dice. You know, you don't, you don't pull a Dave Roberts on people. You you let them you know work through it and go through it. Uh, this year, it's been surprisingly and this is such an oxymoron right it's they've been consistently inconsistent and successful um they were they were right about the same record as last year at this time uh they're gonna be wonderfully they hold on to this um because it's always a phillies thing to you know get to the finish line and hold our breath uh i think you a lot of times people try to recreate the whole, you know, lightning striking twice and catching lightning in a bottle twice. It doesn't work that way. Uh, if Trey Turner is able to keep up the pace that he's at, and if you start to get the hits, I know Castellanos has been hitting a lot better than he did last year. Uh, close to 300 batting average, has 100 and some hits. Um, if he is consistent in spots where they need to be consistent in spots, you know, I, I think you go past the first round. I don't think you take Atlanta as lightly as you did uh, last year. I know people don't want to play the Phillies. They don't want to go up against them. No one comes to CBP. But Atlanta this year, they're they're running hot. I mean, they're just they're just running. Hot. Olsen's amazing. Acuna's amazing. Uh, their pitching staff is just on point. And for the Phillies, that's sort of been the biggest struggle, right? We always talk. about the bullpen being a playoff run, uh, there's a couple questions, right? Kimbrell hasn't been as sharp as he's been in the past. Nola is definitely not the Aaron Nola that they expect and want him to be. We always say there's October Nola, there's September Nola. Which Nola are you going to get? How many home runs is he going to give up tonight? Is he going to give it up early? Is he going to give it up late? You know, when's it going to count? Um, last year, too, there was a lot of home runs that, not for anything, they I don't, I don't call them value home runs. They were solo shots. They were two nothing shots, two run shots when we're up three or four runs. And not that that hasn't proven to be meaningful this year because teams are scoring numbers in droves. But the time that these runs come across, the consistency of the pitching, Wheeler the other day, uh, he bounced back after giving up a solo shot, you know, early in the game. So you're like, oh gosh, you know what? What am I going to get out of these guys? And I think if you have Wheeler, Nola doing what they're supposed to do. You have a a fighting chance against you know someone like the Braves. I'm I'm not a uh, with the blinders on and everything is cupcakes and rainbows. Uh, Atlanta's a really good team. The Dodgers, they're a really good team. You know they're they're going to hit the ball as well as uh, Philadelphia is going to hit the ball. Uh, do I think they can upend the Braves? Yeah, sure they can. I think they got to steal a game in Atlanta. They got to come back and they just got to you know run the table back in Philly if they get a chance to bring it back here with a 1-0 lead, hopefully a 2-0 lead like it was last year. Uh, biggest uh, surprises for this year, um, Bryson Stott. I mean, he's been wonderful. He's been consistent. He has definitely taken his game to the next level, which has been nice because Alec Bohm, who's been well this year, there's been parts where he's kind of looked a little lost. Um, obviously, we want Schwarber's average to be up, but if he's hitting – you know, 50 home runs with, you know, 100 RBI. I mean, he can do what he wants to do at that point. And Harper, uh, just 
my my worry about Harper is as much as he likened to Pete Rose, I just I don't need any hero ball. So so my just thing with Harper, no clue. don't get thrown out of third. Exactly, and my thing with Harper isn't that I I mean you you haven't mentioned I mean you mentioned Stout, which I think is he's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. Um, I also think that Duck Dynasty has done you well this season as well, Brandon Marsh. Oh yes, uh, he's phenomenal. And it's amazing to see some of these some of these guys that are just coming up key for you at the right times, and it's just. Mm -hmm. It's to me, it's phenomenal. And, and it's every night I feel like I'm reading a different thing and it's not just Harper. It's not just Riamuto. Um, you know, it, it's a collective effort where you, some nights you have a very, you know, somebody that you weren't anticipating. Yeah. I mean, now, but Jake I, Cave's done it. Wilson's done it a couple times. Uh, Emin Sosa the other night, uh, hitting the ball out of the park. You know, we, production from the bottom half of your lineup, if you get that consistently, you know, seven, eight times out of ten, you're probably going to win a game, which you're going to need that, right? You're going to – they're going to buckle down on your big guns. You're going to need to come through on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting. I'm, I'm seeing at least – and this may be a change in baseball, and I, I'm curious to see what you think about this. So the Dodgers announced that they will not be letting their starting pitchers go much past the fifth inning. Okay, now you you guys don't have the luxury of this yet. The Dodgers just clinched, right? Mm -hmm. So what's right. the key for the Dodgers and the Braves? Stay healthy. Stay healthy, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean the the Dodgers are four and a half behind the Braves. We're not going to catch them. Um, the uh, the Brewers are, I think, five and a half behind us. They're not going to catch us. So it's just stay healthy, right? It's like you guys right. beat it out between you and between the the Phillies and the Diamondbacks and the Cubs and all that stuff. But once you clinch, the Dodgers have announced, you know, hey, we're not going to let our starting pitchers go more than four or five innings because in the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game, and we want them to be consistent as though it were a playoff game. And I like that approach because, as I tell people, um, if you give up three runs in the first inning of game 39 of 162, who cares? Exactly. Right? You give up three runs in a best of three series, best of five series, best of seven series in the first inning. It's a huge deal. And you may not, you can't afford to just pack it in and say, okay, maybe tomorrow. And then your offense, that's where people get hurt. That's where offense like shuts down because they try to do too much. What are your thoughts about once you kind of clinch or once you clinched and you know that you got a playoff spot, how about shutting down your pitching to four or five innings, your starters? What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, no, great, great question. And I have actually, as a somewhat baseball traditionalist purist, not over the top, right, um, have really challenged myself this year and even last year when we started having the ghost runner and then all this. Yeah, because I feel as if there's a lot of games that that definitely impacts. And they've come back and said, you know, the the odds have definitely they, – they've shifted to where – it used to be an 80% chance for the home team to win if you go into extra innings, and now it's pretty much dead even because of the, the ghost runners. Then you look at the lineups. But regarding the pitching, um, that's a change that I think you know people got on Kirby's case out there in Seattle because he went the other news. I wasn't expecting to go back out. Um, the dynamic of pitching has 
evolved the same way that hitting is evolved to where you can we'll trade it for the hits and the home runs. Um, pitching, shutting it down when you get in, you do. You, you need to be healthy. And crawling out of holes in the playoffs, you're right, 100%. It is, not, it is night and day than some game in April, some game in May. Uh, it makes you as a team press more. You know, you, you, you go into some place like Atlanta, right? Or say you come to Philadelphia and you've got this crowd, they're screaming, they're yelling, and you're strider for the Braves, and he strolls out there with the stash, and he looks up at the end of the first, and it's 4 nothing. that game's pretty much over. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you, you just reserve yourself, that game's pretty much over. And not that it's over in the sense that you don't have the offense to come back. It's just that you're going to have to exhaust so many more players and pitchers in that bullpen, and if you're running them right up to the last minute, when you've already clinched in. I know people don't like to see it in the NBA with the load management. I'm not a load management kind of guy. I think that's a different dynamic, different beast. But the pitchers now, they're not likened to the Mike Scotts, the Nolan Ryans. These guys don't – nothing against them, right? But their, their endurance, the 250, 300 innings a year, that doesn't happen. These guys are fit. They're trained. They know that their body can go hard for, you know, four or five innings, six innings tops, and that's it. Then they're done. Then their effectiveness, you know, completely falls off. Like those guys back in the day, they were the exception to the rule. Now this rule is pretty much level across the field. Uh, giving these guys a rest, the only thing I worry about is when you have a pitcher that takes a couple innings to kind of warm up even as a starter – you you run the little risk of, well, maybe he's not as sharp as he should be, but I would rather him be 85% sharp and healthy than 50% and burnt out where now from the way that the baseball gods work, I've got to pick and run my one-two to win a series to play again on a Tuesday. That, yeah. That's, and that's what happens, right? We've, we've seen this in the past couple years with the playoffs where you've had to roll out your ace in games four and five. That's great. You guys come back, you win three games to two, you get a day off and you start Tuesday and now you're throwing your number three or your number four and you find yourself in a one Oh hole, a two Oh hole right away. So, you know, pick your poison, right? Pick your poison. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The adding, I, I love the additional series, the wild card series, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, and, and, and I'll tell you why. Two years ago, the Dodgers went 106 games and have to play in the one-game elimination against the Cardinals, who won 87 games. Absolutely. Because the Giants had 107 wins. Mm -hmm. To me, that's crap. You have 106 wins out yep. of 162 games where you've mm -hmm. only lost, what is that, 56 times? 56, yeah. Yeah, 56, you're 106 and 56. And your series comes down to 27 outs. That's you it. could have a bad day. The ball could bounce weird. Who knows, right? Um, so I do like the new series, but I, right. I don't like the uh, like what you said. I mean, so the Phillies get in, right? They're going to host the best out three series. Um, they're going to host the best sure. out three series. So the you throw your number one and your number two. You got to go to a game three. Well, then you've got one day off. You got to fly down to Atlanta and play Atlanta, right. who's nice and rested. Right. And now you've got mm -hmm. a five-game series where now you're throwing either your number four or your number one on short rest. On short rest, yep. And you're going against Spencer Stash, right? right. Who's going to have 17, 18, 19 wins, whatever he ends up with this season. 
Um, so you're going to end up having Spencer Stash as your, you know, going against your your guy that just graduated from high school. You know, that's it's pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Right. You're, 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 you're going to have, have a bullpen session for game one. You yeah. know, and then the problem is if you roll out your starter on short rest, what's going to happen is that say you eke through it or say they eke through it. You're praying you get the game four and you're at least tied in the series. We should get a chance to tie the series. You know, if not, you're staring at a three oh hole and you're like, all right, Wheeler, get out there and, you know, bring us bring us one win. And uh, it's it's definitely a, as you do consider. And I think you're erring on the side of caution that the more rest you give these guys, especially if you if you can't go anywhere, you can't go anywhere. But I like what you said about the uh, wins and losses. When we expand it to all these divisions, all these little brackets, uh, I know it's not. This is my non-traditional side, right? If you have 100 some wins, th there's no way you should be a wild card. Like you should seed baseball by wins. I think you should, right? I mean, because you're playing the entire league the whole year, right? So you 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 beat the league 105 times, 106 times. I'm the third best team, uh, but yeah. but you know I don't write checks. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I still, I'm still a little, I'm still a little crusty about that one. The other, mm -hmm. the other one too that I worry about is, and I've said this, I've said this on other podcasts. I'm sure you'll hear it. Is what happens when Minnesota makes the World Series against Colorado? That's right. It's uh, going to happen. And you're and you're playing in in November. That's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have snow outs. You're going to have all kinds of. Now, I know that Colorado's got the best whatever system you know to dry off the field, but <clears throat> when you got a foot of snow, how you going to melt it, right? So you're basically yeah, going to hear play right. ball on Thanksgiving Day right after the Lions play their game for Game that's Seven right. of the World Series. And mm -hmm. which is great for us, right? But right. you know, because we don't have as much of a uh, of a long uh, break. But I'm also the traditionalist too. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think without allegations of any improprieties, three thousand mm -hmm. hits should be an automatic first ballot Hall of Fame. Three hundred wins should be an automatic first ballot Hall of Fame. Even two fifty, because right. you and I both know this. You and I both know this that guys don't play long enough anymore. We have a shot to see maybe three players right now get to 3,000 hits. Uh, uh, Jose Altuve. Of course, there's not a there's not a um, height limit playing the MLB, so Jose Altuve. <laughs> uh, Bryce Harper, maybe, right. if he stays healthy. And Freddie Freeman. That's it. Right. That's it. And the odds on favor of seeing a 3,000 uh, hit person in the future is very slim. Very slim, as well as a 300 oh, absolutely. Uh, win pitcher. Because you pitch every five days. These guys make so much money now. Why do you have to pitch into your age 43, 44? You don't have you to. Don't. No, you don't. Yeah, long, long oh. gone are the days of, you know, I'll say Kershaw, Verlander, mm -hmm. um, maybe Max, but th those guys are, they're not say they're dying breed, but they're dying breed. You know, yeah. it's just not the baseball pitching has turned into a specialty. Yeah. Um, it is a four to five inning set, you know, starter, couple middle relievers, and a decent closer. And a lot of times, even the closer, you know, you're such a specialty that you're maybe seeing the field once every three days. Yeah, yeah. So. No, it's honestly, um, there's four pitchers that I think are first ballot Hall of Famers mm -hmm. um, that are playing right now, and that's it. Uh, now there's a number of pitchers that I think have a shot, but you mentioned two of them. Kershaw and Kate Upton, right? Um, and then you're 
Your other two are probably Adam Wainwright. You got <laughs> number 200 yesterday. Um, and uh, probably yep. uh, uh, Max Scherzer. Besides for Max, that, yeah, for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, if anybody doesn't vote for Kershaw or vote for Verlander on their first ballot, they need to have their head examined. Because both of those guys were pretty dominant throughout their career. So I want to meet the sports writer that doesn't vote for that. I'm still looking for the guy that didn't vote for Jeter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I, listen, I'm not I'm not a Yankee apologist. You know, Jeter's got his own thing going on, but how? Come on, man. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah, I mean, come on. That guy's next door neighbor is probably Steve Bartman. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're probably <laughs> he's living in under assumed name someplace in Nova Scotia or something. Oh my gosh. I mean, my gosh, that's just uh way. Well, we can do this all day, but I, we, we gotta both get to work. So by the way, this is the Duncan Dad. Uh, phenomenal. He does. Tell me what else you do. I mean, I've been on your show, so tell me about your show real quick. Uh, so we've got uh, well, three main shows that I participate in. Uh, co-host, random co-host, uh, rotating guest host with uh, the Bleach Brothers show. That's Wednesday, 8 p.m. on NoFilter.net. You can go to BleachBrothers.com. Check out the website. See all the links there. Uh, myself, I do a show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 12, 15 uh, pouring perspective is it life sports everything in between it's sort of like this conversation drawing the parallels between sports how they mirror our lives how we sort of see the world sometimes through the prism of sport the prism of you know entertainment how it all relates back to us and basically taking inventory of the room inventory of what's going on moving forward in a good positive manner and keeping everything in perspective uh, try not to outthink the box not outthink in the room a lot of common sense application if you just walk away thinking about hmm yeah, I can see that. You're not trying to change opinions. You're not trying to force anybody down, you know, certain rabbit holes. It's just looking at it from a different side. I want to see see something from a different side. You must see from a different player on the team comes from a different background, different place, different things. Uh, we all have some cohesiveness. We all try to forge on head. And then Friday night, uh, the last call myself, play action reel, Penguin AZ, bunch of guests uh, right after Tony Bruno's show. It's sort of, I call it the, the weekend potpourri sort of just get right in for the weekend, kind of sitting around with your inner buddies either. You know, you got the garage door open, you're having a drink, or you're sitting at the corner bar or somebody's barbecuing, and you're just – everything's on the table. Somebody's talking about aliens. Somebody's talking about cars. Somebody's talking about sports. Uh, any kind of breaking news that shows up, it's 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 really good. It's a, it's probably my, my weekly therapy session with the boys, and it's not costing me anything else that I can't get here in my own, uh, my own house. So uh, it's fun. But check it out, uh, BleachBrothers.com, all the links, it's on there. And uh, we love having you guys on uh, anytime. And Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, fact I, was on, uh, I was on last night. I, all right. I, yeah. And so, uh, so for those of you that didn't hear, I, I mean, I, I was on last night, Wednesday night, and phenomenal conversation, kind of a – a mixed bag conversation, so to speak. No agenda. Let's just talk it through, oh, yeah. which was great. Um, but <laughs> check these guys out. They're, they're phenomenal guys, phenomenal just sports minds, things like that. I'll be on more, and I'll, I'll make sure that I, I let everybody know when when I'm on. Um, but uh, I appreciate – first of all, I appreciate you being on and spending your, your Thursday morning with me. Uh, uh, thank secondly, you. Thank you. Charge you for the we'll coffee later. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll have you on again soon. So yes. um, let's make sure that uh, we stay connected. And for you, top fan rivalry followers, like I always said, 
We'll, we'll connect you with the Duncan dad so you can see, you can follow him. Um, just don't do it. If you're, if you're taking the subway right now, fine, you're not driving, you're good. But if you're driving your actual car, do not get into an accident just because you want to follow this guy. I have no liability whatsoever. I can't fix right. What's the line? You can't fix stupid. So if you're driving, you can't fix stupid. follow somebody, that's what can you do? Right. But that's right. Welcome to Thursday. And thank you so much for being on. We'll get you on again soon. All right, take care. Enjoy your day, guys.